following is a live sermon from the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ. We are a non-denominational congregation that meets in Fairfield, Connecticut. We serve Fairfield all the way through New Haven. For more information about our ministry, check us out online at sctcoc.org. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Sunday service. My name is Patrick Genova. For those of you that don't know me, my wife and I, we have the honor of serving in our youth and family ministry here. And I just want to say happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Hope you had an awesome time, albeit probably a little bit different. Um, But I hope you found some way to still make it special. But we're going to dive in here. You know, we talked about last Sunday, we, we talked about the birth of Jesus, right? Which is what Christmas is all about. And it's kind of like hope has arrived. You know, it's, it's exciting and the Savior's here and it's, oh, it's awesome and, and everything that that means, right? But the journey doesn't end there. It's not just like the baby, this baby's born and all of a sudden everything is like smooth. No, it's, it's actually quite complicated, you know, after the birth of Jesus. And we're going we're gonna to look into that. We're going to dive into that a little bit today and even see how We can stay engaged even along the journey because it was quite a journey from Jesus being a baby to Jesus fulfilling his mission on the cross. And so there's a lot of things that we can glean from that. You know, right after Jesus' birth, so King Herod, he tries to find Jesus, right? So he can kill him because he hears about this new king and as a king himself, well, really a puppet king for the Roman Empire, he's threatened. So he goes on this mission to try to find Jesus and kill him. Uh, he's not able to find him. He's outwitted by uh, the wise men. And, and, um, and so what does he do? Something incredibly evil. He decides to have all the kids, all, all the males, two years or younger, killed, hoping that one of them would be Jesus. And so you, you probably think to yourself, That's, this is evil. This is sinister. There's something spiritually you know, really wrong about that, you know, doing what he did. And absolutely, you would be right. There is. There's always this supernatural thing going on, you know, all around us that we can't see. It's invisible. And so it's important for us to even to just be aware of that, that that's happening. You know, the birth of Jesus, it wasn't the end. It was just the beginning. It was just the beginning. Sometimes it's important for us to, to recognize that, you know, the end is, is, is when we're in heaven, right? As we're, if we're here, we're just, we're still on the journey. And something's just starting, something's ending, but something's beginning again, right? And so it's important to remember that while we're here, we're still in this kind of spiritual battlefield, right, that we have. So look at this. This is in Revelations. This is kind of like, you have to think about it like this particular passage, like the spiritual realm commentary on what's happening surrounding the birth of Jesus in Revelations chapter 12. It's kind of like if you read a commentary... For somebody describing what's happening in the spiritual world while Jesus was being born. That's kind of like, not exactly, but kind of what you're going to see in Revelation chapter 12, okay? That's a very simplified version of it. So in Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 through 9, we're going to read this, this commentary. It says in verse 7, Then war broke out in heaven. This is after the birth of Jesus. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. This is a spiritual warfare that's going on. And and physically, all you're seeing is this family has to flee to Bethlehem to give birth to this baby. 
and it is scary for them, but they have no idea, you know, quite what's going on in the background, unless they're in touch with it, right? And it's the same for us. We have to be in touch that everything we see manifest in this physical world around us. There's a, there's a spiritual battle, spiritual war going on in the backdrop. And there is this commentary, uh, unfortunately we don't have access to it, um, that's going on behind us, behind the scenes. We have glimpses of it as we read the Bible. We know that it's there. We know that it's real. We know this invisible world exists. But sometimes we can forget that. We can lose sight of that. We can say, oh, you know, it's just normal. This is what happens, cause and effect. We don't always like give it the credit that we probably should. That there is good in this world, spiritual good. That there is spiritual evil in this world as well. And in this story, we see the evil is the devil, is Satan. Satan is not a myth, not something made up. Satan is, is real. We don't like to think about that. We don't like to acknowledge that. Some people think it's like, oh, I just, that's how you make excuses for everything. And I suppose it could be, but that doesn't change the fact that Satan is real. And so I have one point and, one, and only one point today that I want to talk about. Given the realities of this spiritual battle, you know, that's going on, that, man, Satan did not want Jesus to make it. Satan did not want Jesus to go to the cross. Satan did not want any of us to be saved, did not want us to have a church or community or anything. So given that, right, knowing that Satan doesn't want you to succeed or me to succeed, what can we do? You know, what can we do if we're getting that sense of like, okay, yeah, I can, I'm, I'm, I can see that, yeah, there's a spiritual world. What we can do is just not check out. Don't check out. Don't check out. And it is really, really, really easy right now to check out. Maybe easier than ever. And in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, it says, this is Jesus speaking, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus is saying, basically don't check out spiritually. Watch and pray. Right? Stay vigilant. Stay active. Why? So that you will not fall into temptation. Then he lets us know this reminder, something we probably already know, that the, that the flesh is weak. Look, spiritually we want to engage, but so often our flesh can just be kind of led, led astray, right? Jesus knows that there's a war going on. He's trying to let you and me know how we can fight, how we can stay engaged in this battlefield. And not check out, ultimately. And I think sometimes our actions or, or the way we live out our faith can betray that at times we lose sight of the fact that there's a spiritual war going on all around us. At times we lose sight that there's good and evil. We can lose sight that Satan is even real and really trying to keep us apart from God. We can lose sight that God is really real, not just like, yeah, of course I'm a Christian, I know God is real, but that God who created everything is really there for you and for me to answer our prayers, to comfort us, to support us. We can lose sight of the invisible world and the spiritual world. And so I want us to tap into that today, and I pray that it encourages all of us to just really not check out, to stay engaged. Because what happens when we don't realize there's a war or a battle going on around us. It's a lot easier to just take it easy. Just like, oh man, everything's good, life's good, it's moving, you know. And we forget that there's this like battle going on that, that wants to claim our souls. 
And so we kind of take it a little bit easy. It gets easier to check out when we don't realize that. And I think this year, more than any year, probably has alerted a lot of us to the fact that there's absolutely a spiritual battle going on all around us. And things that are unexplainable, we don't get. It's, it's a battlefield. And there are souls that are just lost in, on this battlefield. And I know you and me, we don't want to be one of them. And we want to help those who are maimed, who are hurting. And so I challenge you today. You might be thinking, Pat, what are you talking about, man? This is like, what, you've been you know, watching too many movies or, or whatever. Yes, I have been watching some good movies, actually. So, but, but no, this is serious. And if you don't think there's a spiritual war that's going on that we can't see, then I'm going to challenge you to think about a few things. Try doing something like truly selfless. Like, it's not for you. You don't get any benefit from it. Something truly selfless. And once you think of that thing you can do that's truly selfless, watch how immediately you think of a million reasons to postpone it. A million reasons why it's not going to work. Uh, a thousand other reasons why it's probably not the best thing to do. Right? Why is that? Why is it when we think of something selfless or spiritual, we find all these reasons not to? It's because there's a spiritual war going on around us. Otherwise, it'd be easy. We would always do just like the right thing, right? Why is it so hard to pray sometimes? Think about that. Like, you don't have to be the most motivated on top of things person in the world to be able to pray. It's, it's like the lowest hanging fruit that you could have. All you do is you could be laying in bed, on your, uh, sitting on a couch and, and, and pray, right? It is very easy to do from an effort standpoint, yet it can feel almost impossible sometimes to pray, even when we know we should. Why is that? It's because there are spiritual battlefield going on, and there are spiritual forces at work that do not want you to pray or to get close to God. That is Satan. Yeah, we don't want to say it is, and sure, we could be lazy and all these other things, right? It could be somewhat our sin, but trust and believe, there, there's some, there are there is an entity at work, known as the accuser, Satan, the devil, whatever, that does not want you to connect with God. Or like, think about this, when you want to encourage somebody, you know, you think about something encouraging about somebody else, and you want to text them, and it's like, and you don't do it for whatever reason, you know, or you don't send it out, or something, something else comes up, spiritual battle. When you're asked to serve in some way, right, and... Like, your mind is going to be flooded at that moment with, like, all these reasons why you can't, why you can't serve and why, you know, these boundaries you have and why that's not the best idea. And I'm not saying you should jump at every opportunity. I'm just saying, like, isn't that a little, like, isn't it interesting? And I know there's this line between our sinful nature and Satan, and I get all that. But let's not, let's not lose sight of the fact that there's a spiritual battlefield that's going on all around us. You know, speaking of kind of checking out, I checked out recently of uh, car maintenance. And uh, the tires basically became bald. And so I'm on the highway, I'm driving, it was like a very light rain. And, and, and I start to, at 60 miles an hour, I start to hydroplane. So fortunately, I was like, I just was really scared. I slowed back down and uh, didn't go over 60 miles an hour again. And uh, I told myself, okay, well, I'll take note of that. Maybe it was something else. 
Because I didn't know at the time that my tires were that bald, so maybe it was something else, or it was a fluke, or I went over a puddle, right? So I kind of was like, oh, you know, there's a lot going on, I don't want to do car maintenance. Now my wife goes to drive the car. It's kind of drizzling again, she's driving on the road. She actually comes home and she's like, baby, I was driving and, oh my gosh, like the car started like slipping off the road. And I was like, oh, yikes, that's, that's on me, yeah. Like, it was not good. And thankfully, nothing bad happened. And it was like, message received, you know, I, I went to go take the car uh, to get new tires. And something I didn't want to do, cost a lot of money, it took like pretty much the majority of the day. But I had to, but I had checked out. And if I didn't check back in, something much worse could have happened, more than me being terrified and my wife being terrified. You know, we have to stay checked in and engaged. And uh, two great friends of mine, Joel and Lolly, they recently got engaged and it's awesome. And I'm sure they're on cloud nine right now and they're all, you know, fired up about it. I mean, engagement's an awesome thing. And, um, but hey, it's just the beginning, right? It's not the end. You gotta stay engaged. Joel, you gotta stay engaged, bro, right? Oh, stay engaged. You like that? Alright. If you just had a baby, alright, that's, you know, it's not like the movie ends, like life, oh, okay, we're happy, and no. It's beginning. That's the beginning of the journey. That's the beginning of like a new journey, right? If you just got into your college or your master's program, the battle's not over. That's not the end of it. Right? Okay, you're excited you got in. You know, you're excited for that chapter. But now it's also going to mean a lot more, a lot more work, right? If you got baptized, you know somebody that got baptized. That's, that is not the end. That is just the beginning, right? Your spiritual growth and maturity and process, that's just beginning, right? Yes, obviously there was a lot that God was doing, a lot you were learning leading up to that moment, but. You know, you move beyond, right, that honeymoon kind of phase of whether it's an engagement or whether it's getting that ma or getting into that master's program, whether it's you started dating, you just got baptized, like there's all this excitement. And you can think, oh, I've arrived. And that would be a mistake because it's really just the beginning. And then when those punches come, you're like, wait, what happened? I thought this was like, no, it's because it is. It's still a battle. It's still a battle. And we can't lose sight of this spiritual battle that we're in right now. If we're on this side of heaven, we are still in a spiritual battlefield. You know, bad things can happen when we check out. I don't want bad things for you. I know you don't want bad things for me. But they can happen when we disengage from our faith, when we disengage from the fellowship, when we just disengage spiritually. Bad things can happen. Great things happen when we stay engaged, right? So I was talking to, I got to share about uh, John Heinzman here. So John... He was at school. He called me. Um, this was like three months ago. He just told me, he's like, bro, man, uh, you know, I just heard in his voice, like, how you doing? He was like, bro, I'm just struggling, you know, like there's all these demands for my time and I'm trying to do this and work and, you know, and I just feel very, you know, demanded of and, and, um, you know, I want to do more and I want to serve and, and, um, I'm just having a hard time with it all. And so, John kind of was disengaging a little bit. He kind of, you know, he pulled back. He doesn't, wasn't really talking. He was keeping people at a distance because he was just kind of processing it all uh, by himself. And, you know, so we talked through it and it was great. And, I, and my encouragement was, I think you just need to share this stuff, you know, with the people in your life. You know, just talk to them about it and, and maybe figure out a plan.
you know, figure out how, how to kind of manage these things. But I think more than anything, you just needed to feel heard and validated. And, and um, so we had a conversation uh, with some people at, in his campus ministry, and it went awesome. Immediately felt better. Uh, it brought them closer together, right? Because I think, you know, it creates that vulnerability, breeds vulnerability type of environment. And John, I know John doesn't think he's arrived. Like, it's not that, oh, now I have this conversation. Now I don't have to have any more conversations for the rest of my life. No, it's just that now he knows, like, okay, when I get there, here's what I can do to try to re-engage myself, right? And that's important to be able to know, like, how do you re-engage yourself spiritually when you feel disengaged? And what is it for you? You know, how do you re-engage spiritually? What are the things that get you excited or help you to feel relief? Whether it's being open, whether it's sharing your faith, whether it's just connecting with a brother or sister randomly. You know, what are those, some of those things for you? In John chapter 3, uh, verse 21, Jesus says, But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. You know, we know that checking out hurts our faith. And here Jesus says, hey, if we live in the light, if we put stuff in the light, then we can live this, this life, right, that is in the, in the light, that is authentic, that is vulnerable, that is sincere, that is real. And so often I see people suffer spiritually because they refuse to just talk about whatever is, is bothering them. They keep it inside and they make excuses you know, for, oh, I shouldn't bring it up, or they're not going to understand. I bet John was thinking all those things, like, oh, if I talk to my uh, minister, he's going to, like, tell me all these reasons, blah, 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 all these things. Look, I think that's Satan. That's working on our minds, like, to keep us isolated, to keep us from talking to the people that care about us and love us. And we'll be quicker to open up with somebody who's not going to challenge us, not going to help us, not going to pray with us, not going to pray for us quicker than we would the people that know have our best interests at heart. And yes, we'll challenge us. But I know, hey, when you're disengaged, sometimes you don't want to be challenged. Sometimes all you need is just someone to listen to you. And amen. We got to do that. We got to do that for each other. We got to listen to each other. Empathize. Go there with each other. Feel each other's pain. But we also have to help each other move along in our journey because if we disengage or if we start to stagnate, we're going to start to get weird about our faith. We're going to start to not feel so fired up about our relationship with God. We're going to start to feel like, oh, and, and you start kind of going to some, some weird places because you're not living in the light, right? We can start living in the darkness, and that is where Satan can really work. And so engaging spiritually is not easy. It sounds like it should be easy, right? You know, like praying daily or, or reading. I mean, how many things do you read on social media or, or how many conversations you have a day? And, and, and yet it could be so hard to read the Bible. It could be so hard to pray. And here's this great quote from Ian Bounds. He says, spiritual work is taxing work and men are loath to do it. Praying, true praying, costs an outlay of serious attention and of time which flesh and blood do not relish, right? Sometimes we could be, as he says, loath to pray. We want to go to pray, and it's like everything in us and everything outside of us, and that battle is happening, ah, it just doesn't happen, right? Yet, it, yet it's so simple. You know, there are some days, you know, I want to share, share with you guys too, there's definitely some days where I'm unmotivated, 
I'm not excited to pray. Where I am loath to pray, as he talks about. Where my flesh, as I kind of think about praying, or I kind of go, I was like, ah, oh, it's like, I feel that resistance, right? Once again, proof of the battle that's going on. I don't know if you guys can relate, or you guys feel that sometimes. Like, man, this shouldn't be that hard, right? Just closing my eyes and, and praying. Like, it shouldn't be that hard. Reading my Bible shouldn't be, but it's, it's, it's interesting. And it's proof of the battle that's going on. And every time we pray, though, we have to fight back. Right? This isn't, I'm not trying to be legalistic, you know, pray and read every day. I do think we should pray and read every day, but it's not just so you can do it. It's so we can engage and stay engaged in our faith. Stay engaged in the spiritual battle that's happening all around us. It's going to change the way we view things that are happening around us. Every time we pray, every time we read, we're engaging in the spiritual battle. We're taking shots at a team that's really already losing because we know Jesus already won. We're on the winning team, but there still are battles to be fought. Yes, the war has been won, but we still have battles to fight. And we engage in those battles when we pray, when we read. We're engaging with our faith. It's going to keep our faith fresh and exciting as all these different ideas come to mind. And I get it. Right now, especially, we're tired, we're exhausted, we can be unmotivated. But don't check out spiritually. Don't check out spiritually. You know, some ways, I, I have I've seen it. I've felt it myself, and I've seen it. I've seen some ways that I've seen some people checking out. I don't have anybody, I know it was, oh, like, who you thinking? I don't have anybody in mind, okay? But I want to mention a few things. You know, there's too many of us not having meaningful prayer times or times reading the Bible. And that is a spiritual discipline. And that is, you know, we talk about wanting, I, I need some rest, I need some restoration, I need to have this right balance, or find a way to work in harmony. It's like your prayer time and your reading time, that's how you restore. That's how you rest. That's how you get rejuvenated. You know, as we talk about self-help, it's not a checkbox. It's, it's rejuvenation of your soul. I mean, it's awesome. And everything else stops around you. Everybody else should understand, hey, I'm praying, I'm reading. And if that's not the case, then we can work to have that. Right? But too many of us are checked out of that, of reading and praying. You know, not getting uh, some discipling, some one another relationship, not confessing. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can get a little weird up here. I can get weird up here about myself. I can also get weird up here about other people. And I know that I need somebody to bounce those things off of. If I want to stay engaged, if I want to make it ultimately to heaven, I'm going to need help with a lot of that. But too many of us are disengaged. Disengaged with with, with one another relationships, discipling. And I think it's totally okay to call somebody and say, hey, I would just love to have some discipling time with you. Right? So you put it out there. What, like, when can we do that? When can we make that happen? And then you also, you might be young in the faith, but you can still help somebody else in their walk with God. Sometimes we think, I'm just the one that needs to be receiving uh, some spiritual coaching, some discipling, some, you know, apprenticeship. But no, you can also help somebody as well in a one another relationship. Anybody can encourage somebody. Anybody can share a scripture. Anybody can say, let's pray together. Right? These are, these are, this is a low bar to be able to do this. You know, sometimes we think we've got to be like, you know, some kind of biblical scholar to help somebody spiritually. Like, sometimes the best thing you might do with somebody else is just pray with them. 
That might be the, the greatest thing that you could ever do, is just spend time praying with them. I mean, those are some of my most memorable uh, discipling times. You know, some other ways I see people checking out is on Zoom. I'm just going to say it. Like, I know it stinks. None of us really like Zoom. And, you know, for one of the midweeks, I was managing uh, the breakout rooms on Zoom. And, you know, you set the breakout rooms based on how many people you want per room. And so let's say it's like five or six. And once again, I, I don't have any names. I didn't, <laughs> I haven't like, you know, documented these things and no receipts, right? But so then I go to make the rooms. And I'm about to click to send people to the rooms. And all of a sudden, rooms that I had that were meant for five people each dropped down to like three people each. So that means like 20 people hopped off Zoom prior to the prayer time, prior to the discussion group, right? And and that's that's crazy. I don't understand it. Like, why would that be the thing that you don't come to is praying with people or talking about, you know, the Word of God? And I think it's it's that disengagement. It's that checking out. I just want to say, don't check out. I know Zoom stinks, but don't check out because it's all we have right now. You know, it's, it is concerning because as a youth and family minister, what message are we sending the teens and the next generation if they know a midweek is happening and mom and dad are just chilling? Like, what message are we sending them? Or if they see, you know, they saw a midweek and let's say they looked at, oh, there was like uh, 90 people because they look at, you know, numbers and stuff because they're used to looking at likes and follows and things. And uh, millennials are too. You know, don't get me wrong. This isn't against you, teens. But, you know, they see those numbers, they oh, one midweek is 80, and now it's like 30. Like, what happened? Right? Like, what message are we sending them about what we prioritize? Right? Or if, or if that, was, or that was you, and your kid watched you jump off the prayer time, you know? Or you, you had a conversation with, uh, you know, your boyfriend or girlfriend instead of praying. It's like, I don't know, there's a lot of, uh, of things that can happen, but what message does that send? The people that are watching us, the teens, the youth, the next generation, it says a lot. It says a lot to them. Because they don't care about what we say. They care about what they see. And that's what I love about teenagers. They will check you quick because they don't care what you say. Like, you can talk a great game about being a Christian. You can know all these scriptures. But they got to feel love. They got to feel that you love God. That's how they know. It's real. I think we all got to ask ourselves, how's my faith today? Is it real? Is it authentic? doesn't mean you need to be perfect. It's not about perfection. It's about being authentic. It's about being real. That's what they respect. That's what they appreciate. And I believe that's what God wants from us, is to be sincere and authentic. You know, and if you find yourself in a place where you feel like, I've, yeah, I've kind of checked out recently, I want to encourage you. There, there's a solution. All right? And it's the blood of Christ. It really is the blood of Christ. Colossians chapter 1 verse 22 it says, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Through the blood of Christ, when you're reconciled to Christ, you're viewed as without blemish and free from accusation. So you're guilt tripping yourself by all these different things. You feel all messed up. It's like if you're reconciled to Christ, you are viewed by God as without a blemish. That is incredible grace. That is incredible patience that God has for all of us. And so it's not that God is going to all of a sudden like not like you and He's not going to love you, He's not going to care about you, but 
over time, if we disengage, our hearts harden and we move. It's not, it's not that God does, right? And so keep relying and going to this grace and reminding yourself, even when you're feeling down, even when you feel like you don't measure up, as I often do, that man, God sees me as without blemish and free from accusation. It is awesome. And let that be a motivation. It's like, all right, I don't want to take that in vain. I don't want to accept that in vain. I want to, I want to do something with that. I'm encouraged by that. I'm excited about that. I'm so grateful that I'm without accusation because of what Jesus did for me. You know, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my mind up to connect with God every day, to stay engaged, to read, to pray. I'm going to make my mind up to, to get some help to be open, to be real, to be authentic about all these things that are swirling in my head that's causing me to disengage from, from God and the church and people, right? You know, I'm going to decide to stop running from all the fears I have about really taking my relationship with God serious. I'm just going to go for it. This is who God is, somebody who can view me as without a blemish and free from accusation. I want to know more. I want to get closer to him, not further away. Right? So staying engaged is how we do that. And we can we can change that today. We can change that now. So much of staying engaged is just, just being authentic, you know, about where you're at, just opening up, letting some of these tight barriers and these walls go down with God and with each other. Like we, you know, we love each other. I know with this distance it can it can get a little, I don't know what someone says gonna Hey, let's just have an environment where we are authentic, where we are sincere. We're all just trying to figure this out together. You know, everyone loves being on a winning team. And in this battle, in this spiritual war, it's already been won. We slapped the battle, but it has already been won. Let's just jump on that bandwagon. If there's anyone to jump on, it's the, the bandwagon of, of Jesus and God and the fact that they won this war already. And while we're here... Let's decide we're going to stay engaged and we're going to keep battling. Thank you guys so much. This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.